This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 13, Why New Year's Resolutions Fail. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hello, my friends. How are you guys doing? I'm so glad to be back with you on the podcast and wanted to wish you a very special happy new year. I hope that this year brings love and abundance and all of the best things for you this year, 2022. I'm really excited for this year because it's been so fun looking back on 2021. And originally I thought, oh, this was a really hard year. This is really terrible. And then it's so funny, as I was looking back at my pictures and looking back at my calendar, my online calendar, and just seeing how many memories that we'd created, how much things we did outside, we really got outdoors this past year. I was just really overcome with how incredible of a year it was too. And it just goes to prove the 50-50 that when things might seem like there's a lot of challenges going on. There's some really amazing things too. And so I hope that you get a little chance to reflect on your 2021. And if you've been a little hard on yourself, like I was, maybe take a little bit of time to celebrate and really see what you accomplished in 2021. I was really proud of myself because probably for one of the very first times I accomplished two of my main goals that I set out for 2021. And it was really fun to reflect back on that now at the end of 2021 and see how it came to fruition because I could have had no idea the journey that I would have been taken on to accomplish these two goals, but I'm so grateful for it. Okay, so you know that the topic for today is about why your New Year's resolutions fail, but you're listening to this, so yours aren't going to fail, okay? So according to some of the most recent research for the year 2021, it was set that one in four Americans between the ages of 30 and 44 plan on making a New Year's resolution. A 2016 study showed that of the 41% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions, that's everybody, not just the 30 to 44 year group, by the end of the year, only 9% of those people in 2016 felt like they were successful in keeping their resolutions. And this is why I recommend goal setting over New Year's resolutions. And it's because with New Year's resolutions, they can be so vague They can be vague kind of things that we throw out there, like I want to get healthier, I want to lose some weight, I want to save money and other things. But setting a goal that's specific with a time frame is going to get you there and where you want to go faster than any New Year's resolution ever will. And we've talked a lot about goal setting, but I'm going to talk about it in a little different context. I took a class from Jody Moore with her Be Bold Masters last year, and we were talking about goals. And I want to talk a little bit about the process 
of what happens when you go through a goal. I've got some great podcast episodes about how to set goals and why you would want to set goals, all of that. But this is what's going to happen after you set that goal and you start to go after it. Okay. The funny thing with goals is that once you get there, once you've achieved the thing, that goal has actually already become boring because <laughs> we're ready to move on to the next thing. And it's so funny because before you achieve that goal, like all you can think about is the desire to have that thing. And then once you figure it out, it's not even that big of a deal. So let me give you an example. Say I wanted to lose 20 pounds. Right now, before I've reached that goal, I might be believing that this is too hard and I don't know how, and I'll never be able to do this. And that's the discomfort that I'm experiencing before I've even started. Now we know that thoughts create our feelings. So if I have a thought that that this is too hard, then I'm creating that feeling of discouragement for me. might be a different feeling for you when you think that thought. But if I'm feeling discouraged because I'm thinking this is too hard, that's the discomfort that I'm creating for myself in the moment that's going to keep me where I'm at. It's going to keep me stuck, not losing those 20 pounds, okay? And it's not that comfortable to be in the before, You know, our brains are trying to trick us into believing that the before is a fine place to stay and it's not that bad. And I will argue all day long that your worth is set and that you're 100% lovable as you are before the goal, after the goal. Reaching a goal doesn't make you more desirable or worthy, but you do get to grow in a direction you want to grow. So like I said, our brains try to trick us into thinking this is fine. This is okay. And it might be okay if I had this uh, thought in my mind that I wanted to lose 20 pounds, but I don't really need to lose 20 pounds. So this is where our brain gets tricky because if I am thinking I want to lose 20 pounds because of the experience that it's going to cause me to go through to become that person who's lost 20 pounds, that's going to overcome all of these thinking, all of these thoughts about like, I don't know how to do this. I've never been able to do it. All of that. Okay. And if you actually desire something different than your before, then that place of before I've lost the 20 pounds is going to be, it's going to present with me, me with guilt for not being better, or I'm going to regret not starting sooner. I might feel impatient and disappointed with my life and where I'm at right now, okay? That's all the before, the the pre-me that wants to lose that 20 pounds, okay? While I'm in the middle of the goal, I'm gonna start to feel a little proud of myself for actually doing something. But of course we know life is 50-50 and the negative is not gonna be all gone to at that point, I'm going to feel some more disappointment that I'm not there yet. I might be in a hurry to get to my goal and I'm going to be feeling some discomfort from not doing the things I used to do and allowing myself to feel urges like to go get some of those high sugar desserts or something. If I allow myself to feel that urge and then not answer it, oh my gosh, at the beginning of that, it feels so big. It feels so heavy. It feels so uncomfortable. I'm still in the process of learning how to do that without resisting the urge and making it worse, making it bigger, learning how to allow emotions in my life 
that might take a little time. Now, the funny thing is by the end of the goal, after I reach that, I've lost 20 pounds. I'm going to be kind of feeling over it because now that goal has become inevitable. And if you don't believe me, think about something hard that you have done. Okay. I remember when I finished grad school, I had graduated from grad school and had my baby all within this, my first child all within the same week. And for me, it's just a pattern of what I was always doing, always onto the next thing, always going, 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 and not recognizing, oh my gosh, I reached this huge goal. I should stop and celebrate. It's just like, okay, now I'm a mom. Now I'm doing this. And it's so funny. Think about other things that you've had big goals about. One of my big goals this year was to become a certified life coach and to start my business. Now, I graduated from that certification in October, and I had to really deliberately decide to celebrate that and to acknowledge that because it had already become inevitable in my mind, even though a year ago, I'd been thinking about going through the life coach school for three years before I did it. And I just kept thinking, I'm never going to be able to do this. I won't be able to um, accomplish this goal. And then by October, it was so inevitable. So think about some other times when you've had that too. And if you don't take the time out to actively celebrate it, then you're moving on to the next thing and you're not recognizing who you needed to be to reach that goal. Okay. I also want to leave you with this thought that how you approach goals is how you show up in your relationship with yourself. Having a goal is one of the very best ways to see how you relate to you, to see how you talk to you, to see the emotions and the feelings and the actions that you're creating for yourself as you're trying to go after whatever goal it is that you want to create. Okay. So going back to why New Year's resolutions might fail, I was looking on Business Insider and there was a psychotherapist, Jonathan Alpert. He wrote the book, Be Fearless, Change Your Life in 28 Days. And he had three of the biggest reasons why people fail to complete their resolutions each year. And I'm so glad you're listening to this because if you are, this means you've got a leg up and you're not going to fail your resolutions this year because you're going to make some really specific goals, which by the way, that's the first thing he talks about. He says, people's resolutions aren't specific enough that we put out these generalizations. Like I want to get healthy instead of saying something like, I want to run two triathlons this year. One of those is very easy to check off and one is not. And I've talked a lot about that in a previous episode. The second thing is that you are not framing your resolutions positively. It's all this don't drink, don't smoke, don't eat desserts, don't go to bed late. (laughs) When our brains, I love our little brains, but all they hear is, eat sugar, go to bed late, drink, smoke. They don't hear the don't. They only focus on the the main picture of whatever it is you're trying to avoid. (laughs) Our sweet little brains. So you really need to frame it positively. Like I was saying, if you have a goal of getting healthier, you have your resolution, I'm going to get healthy this year. And you're framing it as don't eat dessert every night. All you're focusing on is the dessert that you're not getting. So a more helpful way to look at something like that, my main thing is I want to get healthy. How am I going to specifically do that? 
be much better to focus on what you're going to add into your life. I'm going to add exercise. I'm going to add healthy meals. Okay. And then the last reason that Jonathan Alpert says people don't reach their resolutions is that your resolution isn't really about you. And that's the reason I want to talk about in the rest of this episode, because we've talked a lot about how to make goals in previous episodes, but a big problem that I see is people make goals that they think other people think that I should have. Okay. I've slowly been reading a book called The Four Agreements. I just finished an abridged version of it, and I'm looking forward to reading the whole thing this year. One of my goals is about book reading. I will let you know about that (laughs) in the future. Okay. The first of the four agreements is to be impeccable with your word. So often we set out goals and we have general things we think we'd like to do, but we make all these frivolous promises that we don't intend to keep. And I argue if you say you're going to do something, commit to it. Don't be throwing these things out. Oh, I'm going to exercise every day for the next three months. Do you really know that you're going to do that if you're starting off from a ground zero, not exercising at all point? It's not very nice. If you think about one of your kids, you're like, okay, now you're going to whatever the chore is. You're going to do the dishes every single day for the rest, you know, for three weeks. They're going to be like, what? What's going on? And our brains do the same thing. We're like, wait a second. You just told me this big thing that I've got to do. And all I can think about is how much I don't want to do it now. Okay. So when you're impeccable with your word, what you say matters. What you decide to focus on for yourself matters. Something that I really like to do is to give myself a small challenge a challenge of the week. So for example, my challenge of the week for this week is to have a really nourishing bedtime, a nourishing evening routine. And I am so excited to go after this. I've got it written down, which is really important. And I've got a place to check it off every day of the week. Okay. So that's one of my things that I have decided. I think this is one thing that could move me forward the fastest in the goals that I want to is to be able to take care of my sleep. And I think that can start with having a really nourishing bedtime routine. Okay. The second agreement from the book is to not take anything personally. Okay. So just like Jonathan Alpert was saying that we make resolutions that aren't about ourselves. So many times people will say things and we will make it mean something about us. And as I've talked about with the model, what other people say and do is about them. It's about their thoughts. It's about their experiences. It's about what their brain has made everything mean. And it has nothing to do with you. I did this amazing exercise a few weeks ago where we wrote out everything that could potentially trigger us, something that could make us mad, something that someone else could say or do. And we would write out each scenario and at the end, write, And that has nothing to do with me (laughs) because we attach so much of our meaning of what other people do that it must mean something about us. And really it doesn't. And that's why it helps so much to not take anything personally. Somebody tells you, 
You should meet that. That's what they are thinking and the judgments they are having in their brains that they might think you should be aware of. But again, it has nothing to do with you. It's what they're focusing on in their minds. So, and even think about this. Like if you saw somebody that was wearing an outfit that looked really good on them, what do you make it mean about yourself? It has nothing to do with you. They have their life, their body, their clothes, whatever it is. This is just an example. But so much, we look at that and we're like, oh, that must mean that I'm less than. And nothing could be further from the truth. Like they're awesome and so are you. You're awesome and so are they. Everybody's equally awesome. It's one of my very favorite thoughts. We're all equally awesome. Also, other people's words and actions have nothing to do with me. I'm the only one in my head. I get to decide what everything means. And that means even if I'm going to question things that I've always thought, not to make myself wrong, but to come up with a better result for myself. Because what I'm thinking leads to my feelings, which drives all of my actions, and then that gives me my result. My thinking is literally driving my result, if you look at it, just in a, in a straightforward model. Okay, the third piece of the four agreements is don't make assumptions. And I love this. It goes along so well with, with don't take anything personally, but really you cannot know what's happening in someone else's brain. Sometimes people will tell you, oh, always assume the best, assume that they're always coming from the best of intentions. But sometimes your brain is not going to believe that you're going to have a whole story about this person and why they're showing up the way that they are. And there's no way that they could actually have my best interest and their best interest in mind. So the trick really is to let the situation be what it is and not worry about what's behind what someone's saying. So for example, if someone is touting the benefits of a vegan diet, don't assume that they are or they are not targeting you with their words. It doesn't matter. As long as you make up your mind about what you want, how you want to eat, how you want to behave, You don't have to worry about what they're thinking. If you want to, you can ask somebody's intentions. You can ask that person their intentions. But even then, that person may not even be aware of their own intentions. So it's best to just not assume anything and focus on yourself instead of the other person. What are my intentions? What is my focus? Because honestly, you're going to be so busy with yourself. You're not even going to have time for theirs. Okay, the last assumption, and this is my favorite, is to always do your best. This does not mean to push yourself to burnout. (laughs) It does not mean that what other people think your best is your best. No, you know. It's what you've determined with yourself and your body is best. So always do your best. This includes things like rest, hydration, nourishment, focus, and determination. And I want you to remember, this is not a sprint. Our lives are a marathon. So we need to take care of ourselves, which naturally reflects in us being able to do our best. So when you take all together those four agreements, being impeccable with your word, not taking anything personally, not assuming anything, 
and always doing your best, that really can help to guide you to show you that your goals are about you. They're not about other people. It's about what you want to create in your life and that you have the power to decide what to create in your life. Because when you're always worried about other people, what they're thinking, what they're saying about you, or what you're making, whatever they're doing mean about you, you don't have the intention and the focus to create what you really want to create in the world. Okay, now that you know all of these amazing secrets, I'm so excited for you with your goals and what you're going to put out into the world for 2022. So feel free to drop me an email or a message. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your intentions are for 2022. Also, I can't leave without telling you that we have a giveaway going on right now. And it ends at midnight Eastern time on Tuesday, January 4th. You will be getting, if you win on Instagram, this is on Instagram, you will be getting a six hour in-person home organization if you are local to the Dayton area by my girl, Tina Gann, who's a professional organizer, or she'll do a virtual consultation if you are uh, outside of the local area. I'm also giving away a course on how to organize your schedule with ease and a bonus one hour life coaching session with me. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and sign up and follow Instagram to learn how to sign up for this giveaway, which ends so soon. And it's a perfect way to set you forward for your goals and what you want to create for 2022. Until next week, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go.